The Performance Lab podcast would like to acknowledge that the land on which we learn and work is the land of the Lenape, Wappinger, and Munsee people. The Performance Lab podcast is invested in the sharing of knowledge and cultivation of curiosity between makers. We invite guest artists to lead a workshop with the MFA candidates of Sarah Lawrence College, after which we interview them. We ask questions tailored to their individual practice, delving deeper into the how and the why of creation. Inspiration is all around us, but how do we hone in on the subjects that drive us? They share with us their tips, tricks, and sources of inspiration. Reflect on past performances slash projects. And keep us up to date on what is next. Stay tuned for the Performance Lab Podcast. Hi there. Welcome to Performance Lab Podcast. Our names are Carlo Movilla and Chanel Smith. We are second year graduates at Sarah Lawrence College. Today we have with us Alice Sang. She is an artist, program organizer, and first-gen Chinese immigrant. Her practice explores ecology, networks, and interspecies collaboration. Hello. Hi, it's good to be here. So excited to have you, Alice. Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you workshop with us today? Sure. So today's workshop was about embodied ecology, specifically exploring the mess of uh, what place and home means in relation to each other um, and kind of taking the perspective of uh, our human selves and our non-human kin that we may or may not be familiar with and doing the sort of practice between remembering and uh, and kind of writing a sort of new myth together. So specifically, this took the form of thinking about opening up this space and this conversation um, with some relevant quotes and, and kind of some context setting and then talking about artifacts that we have brought in um, from a previous search that we have done prior to the session uh, about, you know, a plant, an animal, or an organism that is significant to us and trading stories there, um, and then going into writing a collective score together. I was wondering, in relation to what you led us through today, how are you intending or what are you hoping for with this interweaving of technology and these really grounded earth-centered um, ecology and, and topics that we're learning from and learning from each other, how are you hoping to integrate those or what's your intention with that? Yeah, thanks for that question. So uh, on the practice of technology, I have been thinking a lot about ancestral technology, traditional indigenous knowledge as technology and, um, you know, and technology beyond digital technology, first of all. And so thinking back to that as a way to um, try and understand what we're trying to do with the digital technology tools that we have um, and how we might be able to bring warmth into that, bring agency into the way that we use these technologies and bring a relational approach into it. Um, so with that, you know, it, it, I think it's 
also about, um, you know, taking a look at the dominant platforms out there and tools out there and really being critical and intentional and aware of what's going on in those spaces that have been dictated to us and how we feel and um, seeing if as creators, um, whether we can kind of either create our own technologies or find alternative ones that may be more able to hold um, and to mediate what we're trying to explore with each other. So things like the Varia Etherpad, um, which I feel very aligned with values-wise, um, and other technologies like Topia, which is encrypted. Um, yeah, and I think there are ways that we might be able to make our own as, as well to move beyond the dominant space. I was just wondering how, sorry, I was just wondering how you got involved with this practice, because it feels, since we're in a theater program, it feels very theatrical, it's very performative, but at the same time, it feels so separate, and I was just wondering how, how you kind of discovered those. Yeah, things. so um, my path is traditionally not by way of uh, theater, but it is you know, as theater is linked to life, all of this is as well. Um, I, I think I kind of go back to my perspective as an immigrant and, you know, the, the urge that I have from there to um, find community and to be intentional about making community um, as a way of survival, of, you know, being held and supported, um, of, you know, uh, being proactive and, and kind of whether it's thinking about mutual aid networks or thinking about creative networks or other ways of, you know, taking care of each other, I, I feel that I have a lot of interest in that. And so, um, you know, I think in the current day and age of thinking about technology, there is this need, and especially with the pandemic, um, toward the beginning of it, um, uh, I was thinking a lot about what does care look like in digitally mediated spaces. Um, and that's when my collaborator, Sarah Suarez, and I had created, uh, well, opened up this container of a space in this community called Virtual Care Lab that has since kind of flourished and brought in folks of different disciplines to um, bring together and collaborate on and give feedback on a lot of different types of programs and different types of interactions with each other um throughout the last year and so I learned a lot from them um and from you know some of the somatic exercises that have been done there and some of the um exploring of how we can uh, clear the dominant uh digital tools and spaces that are offered and how we can find additional ones and take up space there and practice presence and community there um yeah so I feel that it's kind of what I know it comes from this larger ecosystem of folks that are interested in these questions and these and existing in new ways of you know being as recognizing that we are cyborgs um, and that we're you know in these spaces how do we be in them together in a way that is healthy and caring um, and then of course that carries over to I think I kind of pair that with the uh, the ecological explorations and in a sense it kind of comes back full circle because the as the more that I, I learn about um, you know indigenous plants and 
um, communities and, you know, their relationships with the indigenous uh, people here, um, you know, and the trauma and the oppression that's happened and kind of unpacking what's been forgotten there in terms of knowledge. Um, it kind of prompts me to question what nativity is, um, and it can be a very fluid and complex concept, and it uh, prompts me to question what home is as an immigrant um, and my responsibility and role of being here on this land, on Tomo Chumash and Kish land. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that whole mix of things um, that kind of led to, for example, the workshop today. It's so interesting because a lot of the times you mentioned um, parasitical, like plants and stuff. And I think how much colonization had a big role in that. So when you're talking about like 2D and ecological and like how much of the ecology also kind of shifted with colonization itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think we were able to bring some of that into conversation with the group today in terms of recognizing, um, you know, the well, it is this mess, right? It is this like, um, constantly shifting and evolving balance or off balance of, you know, relationships. Uh, and yeah, and that includes invasive plants, it includes weeds, it includes weeds that are actually edible or medicinal that we have termed weeds, you know, in the last 250 years that used to be, you know, or plants that used to be food. Yeah, I mean, and, and the way that we've kind of written that collective score in a mucky um, way felt conceptually and and this really kind of like it holds in this you know this wovenness and um yeah I think I'm also and probably will forever be in the process of you know trying to notice these relationships and it feels like it is you know at the beginning and end of this this sort of reckoning that we're called to do with at the very least the climate collapse right with your virtual care lab how do you see it relating to multi-generational communities? Um, maybe it has already, but when I'm experiencing your classes and your workshops, I always kind of think these new settings aren't, like you have to get used to them. Even in a technology setting, you have to understand the mechanisms that are happening. And it makes me think of, people who aren't as adept to figuring out things on technology or maybe don't have access to that technology, um, like we experienced a little today, trying to understand different platforms and who can access and who can and, and how to interact with that. Um, I just, I guess I wanna hear your inside uh, view of that, those types of interactions. Yeah. That's such an important question. Um, there are kind of three prongs to how I think about access in the current moment, um, you know, in relation to virtual care lab or what I do or otherwise. Um, and one is where you're mentioning the intergenerational um, connection and, um, and bringing in folks that are not just uh, visually literate from birth, you know, or from like a young age and are the most comfortable with these spaces. Um, there's also accessibility um, in the sense of, you know, technology that is 
kind of just starting to happen or these alternative ways, for example, the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, internet um, that is, you know, um, like running on alternative protocols than HTTP and some of these other things that are starting to happen and how inherently there's this um, spectrum, it feels like between like most easily um, holds people, which is like, for example, Zoom that everyone's, you know, uh, starting to get pretty used to versus um, some of the alternative spaces um, or new spaces like, Topia, where we still haven't really tried it out that much yet, but it's new or like other technologies that, you know, only some programmers might know or some, some folks who are closer to the development, developer space. Um, and then the third area of accessibility that I think about is, um, you know, uh, this broader sense of, um, well, it encapsulates like hard of hearing or um, vision impaired and these issues that are oftentimes um, kind of left out of either the design of the technology in the first place or the people who are programming, um, doing programming, organizing um, to um, really be like that there's not a lot of prioritizing of those folks, right? Um, closed captioning with Zoom came in later than, you know, like a what, a couple months later um, in the pandemic, um, other things or other features we would like are still not here yet. Um, yeah, and it's, and, and yeah, and this concept of digital accessibility, um, you know, that's kind of linked to that third one um, that kind of expands into what if it's rural, what if it's like low income or off the grid or folks who, you know, have a hard time, harder time getting access. Um, yeah, and these are, I mean, I'm kind of like calling out these areas. I haven't personally figured out all of them yet, um, but it is really critical to think about. So at Virtual Care Lab, um, we had this conversation, uh, for example, with one of the programs that Ari Simon leads, which is called Querying Death. And, um, and they were thinking about um, how do we, you know, in, in a, collective conversation and a collective research and practice group about death. Um, how do we call in folks who are closer to thinking about that, folks who, you know, um, are, and he, he uh, they, oh, gotta rewind back to that with the pronouns. Um, they had a bring death, um, a death salon um, in their town that was mostly elders. Um, and we were thinking about ways that we might, and it might not just look like, you know, having everyone on Zoom and connecting elders to Zoom, but it might look like other ways of exchanges, like, for example, um, the group meets on Zoom or elsewhere um, in a video conferencing space, but then um, exchanges mail, you know, um, or exchanges postcards or phone calls, which can sometimes feel really intimate, and how can we connect in that way? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is really about like trying to center those folks who can be very marginalized in the digital space um, into the co-creating and into the, um, you know, the work together and the collaborating. Um, the other example I'll real quick give um, is Jose Miguel's portal. So Jose Miguel, uh, this is also a virtual care lab collective project. Jose Miguel is uh, an, immigrant uh, from El Salvador who had been incarcerated um, and in the 
uh, prison system for about two decades almost um, here in the US and recently was deported actually, but prior to that, we were working with him to, you know, bring out his rap and his poetry from behind bars. And as virtual care lab, we had a lot of that conversation about if someone is very much not, you know, able to access a lot of, um, you know, what we would deem public spaces and public digital spaces, how do we mediate that? And so we worked with his lawyer um, and worked by mail and by, you know, patching Zoom calls and, and um, whatever else we could do to, you know, eventually we would kind of do this exchange and put his work on uh, a, a web portal, um, a website called uh, josemiguel.virtualcarelot.com where people are able to kind of interact with his work. So. Yeah, I feel that there are ways that we can get creative with um, encouraging this sort of exchange. And I think it comes from at the at, at the onset, you know, making space in our minds and, and the way that we hold space for these folks um, before um, we get into it instead of saying, oh, well, they'll, they'll come if they can, you know. Yeah, passionate topic. Sorry, I took <laughs> a second to explain that. Yeah, it's also sad because it's things that happen already I know you don't like from your class that you don't really like using IRL, but there are problems that also happen like IRL, like those that are hard of hearing or vision impaired yeah. or mobility are not things that I think even in, inside the theater are super talked about. Like how do you help those of hard of hearing with closed captions? And I know some some place offer it, but not, not always. Not at the center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right from the beginning of the creative process, right. Uh, I was wondering, actually, and I think you touched a little bit on this, but I would be really interested to know, like, what is some advice you would give to people who would want to create, start creating communities in virtual spaces or just create in the mm -hmm. creation of community? Yeah, um, I would suggest to think about the body and to think about mycelium. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, there it, it's useful at this moment when we have so many things being called communities. We have, you know, Instagram being called a community. Is it really, right? That it, it's really useful to be questioning what that means and what are models um, and memories of when we felt good either in digital space or outside of, um, and then to work from there. Um, and that might then take the shape of, you know, whatever platform and it might be existing or it might be new, um, it might be on Discord, it might be, you know, just for friends that you know or that you have, that you can get a hold of to do an email group together, you know, like it might look like different things, but I think it's important to center, you know, for one, um, how we somatically feel. And that's something that I often try to bring in, especially in, you know, such taken for granted spaces like Zoom um, to center ourselves and to kind of recognize our full selves. And then two, with mycelium, I've been thinking a lot about eco ecological networks and um, the sort of and economies, like the sort of negotiation between, you know, this mycelial network underground and all of the trees that know to do mass fruiting together because they're connected and they're communicating through that network. And so in that sense, I, I think a lot about like, what is actually our need? And what is our interest in connecting with each other, which is not, you know, 
let's get rid of you know all of the digital let's let's throw everything away because it's all broken right um you know it's it's there are still these very real needs that we need to take care of for example mutual aid networks you know and and folks who um, are marginalized who are kind of using the internet to um push for uh, political movements push for like very real grassroots aid right things like that and how do we kind of uh yeah, think from that perspective and and why we create or why we practice community. Mycelium is such a fun guy. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, so much knowledge there. <laughs> uh, Karen, do you want to ask about chickens? Oh, oh. <laughs> do you want to talk about your chickens? Is that something you would want to? I can talk about the chickens real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like my practice, I'm in a, at a place right now where I feel that my practice and the people and the environment that I'm surrounded by are gelled together in a symbiotic way. And I'm really excited about that. So my housemate does food and is really excited about food justice and food sovereignty. And so we have a little bit of backyard space out here. So um, we not only practice gardening and practice, you know, um, various ecological protocols out there, but we also have four chickens and so one rooster and three hens and they lay eggs and they're part of this whole system of, you know, we give them some scraps um, from our food and they help eat that and take care of that and then they, um, their chicken poop is fertilizer. Uh, so, and they also kind of help mow the lawn a little bit like they help, you know, peck at the grass and um, yeah, it's a whole circle. So it's helpful for me to think about those terms, um, relational terms in terms of my work too. I'm very curious about what you're reading or listening to right now. Ooh, yeah. So there is a podcast called For the Wild and it centers indigenous voices. It talks about the land back movement. It is I feel that I'm on this journey of uh, unforgetting that and putting into perspective, you know, these 250 years of colonial history, um, along with, you know, the thousands of years of indigenous knowledge around the very land that they have, you know, really um, uh, relationships with and have, you know, tended and uh, for so long and then also with my own relationship to the land as an immigrant and so um for the wild is really helpful for grounding that um yeah and I also have other book recs uh I would really recommend Against Parity Living Ethically in Compromised Times by Alexis Shotwell um in which I derive this and I'm going to paraphrase the quote but um you know uh, I, I derive this idea of how we open or close up space is how we understand justice. Um, you know, so how do we hold space for others? How have we, you know, pushed space out of, uh, you know, others being able to coexist? And it, right now I feel that, you know, uh, with social and ecological issues, a lot of it, I go back to that principle of, um, you know, it's not just about nativity as a set and done, concept um, and it's really it's about you know centering needs and thinking relationally and thinking about how we have how we're holding up space for each other 
and that kind of steeps into practices that that's why I kind of gravitate toward these, you know, whether it's technologically mediated or whether, you know, and at the very end of the day, it's very much like grounded and just who we are and how we got here and, and recognizing where we are right now and, you know, and, and thinking about that together and creating together and kind of creating in the moment with a little bit of a dash of improv, I guess. Thank you so much, Alice. Uh, it has been a pleasure talking to you and also experiencing your ideas um, that are really important, especially now um, in all this digital creation and community spaces. I've really appreciated um, your generosity in sharing these things with us. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be at Sarah Lawrence, um, both through the new media class as well as through Bread Lab and yeah, I'm excited to learn from everyone else as well and keep upholding this idea that no one is an expert and I definitely am not. Thank you so, so much. I know we have like one more minute if there's anything else you wanna kind of throw out. Um, yeah, I would like to encourage everyone to be brave with technology and all of the ways that we can think about technology. Um, and yeah, be brave in understanding the way that these current options are and how we can, um, you know, take up technology and social technology to kind of create our own spaces. And all of it is learnable, especially folks who are not white men should really, you know, try and take ownership of some of um, what's out there and kind of remix it for our own needs and for the worlds that we want to build. That's what I would leave us with. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so, so much. This has been such a fun conversation and getting to know you and excited to keep taking your class. Thank you all for the questions. Thanks for tuning in and join us next time for our next guest. The Performance Lab podcast was brought to you by Contemporary Performance Network in association with the Sarah Lawrence College Theater MFA program. For more information, please visit our websites at www.contemporaryperformance.com or www.slctheater.com.